Hi, this is Mike. This is Russ. And this is Matt, and you're listening to the Empty Spiral podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Coal community. It's an episode of 130, and in this episode, we are going to give a review, reflection, and general thoughts and comments on the 20th anniversary Lacuna Core show at the O2 Forum in Kentish Town on, of course, the 19th of January on 119. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves once more. So my name's Matt, and I am joined by my two compadres, starting up with Russ. Hello, Russ. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm currently patiently recovering from the night before, so... Uh... I spent my evening with a uh, 90s, early 2000s jukebox, spot of butter chicken, the vegetarian kind, and uh, plenty of trooper beers. So uh, much fun was had, but uh, still uh, recovering from last week, and what a great time we all had meeting everyone. I was going to say, isn't chicken vegetarian anyway? Because they eat grain. But I don't think that's what you meant, <laughs> is it? Yeah, it's like beef. Beef's vegetarian. They eat grass. There we go, see? What you exactly. people are worrying about? It's all yeah. vegetarian. Fish, fish are vegetarian. They drink water. See, don't they eat smaller fish? Yeah, you could have a point there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure they do, don't they? But, but it's okay, vegetarian butt chicken. Well, you know, you're forgiven. We'll let you off on that one. So, it's like, good evening. So, we won't speak too loudly to you this morning if you're feeling, like a, little, <laughs> feeling a little delicate. Feeling a little delicate. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good. I've I've kind of caught the lurgy, I think, between somewhere between uh, wherever in London. So my rock and roll lifestyle of last night was drinking Ribena. So it's um it's been quite relaxed and hopefully recover soon. Didn't Instagram that? We normally see the the glasses <laughs> of Peroni. Didn't see that. Oh yeah, not not one unfortunately of a pint of Ribena to to keep me along the way. <laughs> pint of Ribena. Pint, I pint say, of I... Ribena and some tea tree oil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there is a lot of it around. Let's say, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody seems to be affected by the the dreaded yeah. lurk. You do sound a little bunged up, I have to say. Mm, hopefully, it'll be going soon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. As for me, well, um, back at work. Boo, boo, boo. Indeed. Um, but I did have a day off on Monday, so that was kind of caught up on a few things. I spent all of Sunday sorting out photos as. Quite a lot of people have seen. Yeah. hundred and eighty odd photos. Like, well, pretty good, to be fair. Pretty yeah, good. I was quite pleased with the result. It took me a while to kind of go from choose the ones I wanted, and you know, add logos and stuff like that. Um, but got through those on Sunday, which they're one of those things that I find if you don't do straight away, they can easily just end up taking weeks to do. So I thought I just sat down with them, went through them all, did the ones for the meetup and did the ones for the show, etc. Um, blasted through those, and and then. Looked around and realised I've done nothing else. So uh, and then I say back at work, and it's quite an interesting time at work at the moment for lots of different reasons, lots of transformational stuff going on. So it's quite a lot of disruption. It's been a pretty heavy week, and I haven't watched any. I oh, bought a new TV this week. Um, bought a new cool. TV because my old TV wasn't working properly with my PlayStation, and I realised I had had my old TV for about ten years. Wow, hasn't technology moved on in the TV land? Oh, isn't it just you wait now now you're bound to have got a smart tv with everything integrated that connects to wi-fi so it's all good until it starts to crash yeah this is what worries me because i ha- it's exactly what i've got i've got i've actually yeah. it's not wi-fi i did well it can do wi-fi but i've got a, a proper rj45 network cable plugged into the back so i had a bit of a clean up on my whole hi-fi system and 
got rid of an old... I, I had this old Sony jukebox with 300 CDs in it. Had it for about 15 years. I rarely use it, and it stopped working, so that was taking up a big amount of space. I've got rid of that. Uh, my, my Xbox 360 not used for about 100, well, 100 years. That's not right. For about, <laughs> bloody hell. Um, I've not used my Xbox 360 for about a year, uh, so I kind of moved that out and cleaned the whole area up. It was a bit dusty and you know, wires <clears> everywhere. And uh, I plugged everything in, and this, this new smart TV has recognised my PS4. It's recognised my Skybox. There's a few other things I need to plug into it, but I'm a bit worried because I'm kind of don't know how to do it without breaking anything because it was all looking really nice at the moment. It's got all of the streaming things in it. So it's got Netflix yeah. and all that stuff. So it's all working. It's all great. But, of course, it's all internet dependent. So I've got this horrible feeling the day that goes, the whole thing's just going to kind of drop to its knees and not know what to do. So lots of time in that. But it's a very, very nice setup and uh, makes me realise how, how powerful the TV boxes are these days. Mm. Well, I do worry that it's got its own McAfee antivirus system. It's like, it's basically, it's just one big hackable device like everything else. But yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Not that I've watched anything I hasten to add. I haven't Skynet is everywhere. It is. It is. It is watching me. Absolutely watching me. What What with the the uh, PlayStation camera, I now feel that I'm being observed from above. Anyway, enough of that rubbish. <laughs> So what we thought we would do today on the podcast is, as I said before, talk about the show last week. So we'll start with the kind of the lead up to, to the day. So uh, we'll start with you, Mike. You know, just give us a kind of an overview of your day leading up to the meetup in the afternoon. So this is last Friday, biggest event on the Lacuna Core calendar for a very long time. How did you start the day, Mike? What did you get up to? Um, a big greasy spoon in weather spoons. That was the opening thing before we, we went anywhere. So but Good start to the day. So for those of you who don't speak, Mike, <clears throat> a greasy spoon is a big English <laughs> yeah. breakfast. Okay. Um, so lots and lots of sausages and bacon and beans and probably black No pudding, tomato. No tomato. Hash brown. Far mm. too healthy. All of that stuff. And the Weather Spoons is a pub chain that does cheap breakfasts and beer from about <laughs> 7 o'clock in the morning. And there normally is someone sitting there with a pint of beer in their hand. Sometimes it's, it's even a queue mine. if it's Northampton. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> there was a queue outside waiting for it to open one stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it started off with a greasy spoon, and, and then what did you get up to? Greasy spoon, and then uh, then we went to went towards the venue to meet you to um, set up for the um, the meet-up next door. So that was quite, quite a bit of a walk with Ross. I mean, it wasn't too far, was it? Um and it was quite we... a, a nice leisurely stroll, as they say. We met up with our friend uh, Alain from uh, from France yeah, yeah. or Trentino in Italy, whichever you prefer, yeah. and um, took him for a stroll from uh, Camden down to Kentish Town. Yeah, it's about, what, a mile or so? mile and a half? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Too yeah. far. I walked it a couple of times over the course of that day. My day started in a state of panic. Really? But yeah, so, so I realised I had a lot to sort out because the plan was to... So we'd been been out the previous night for a curry, okay. I got home quite late. I'd gone to bed. I realised well, all these things to sort out on the Friday, and there was kind of divided into a number of different aspects. One, I needed to get my clothes and you know stuff together for Friday night into Saturday because I was staying in London. Two, I needed to get all of my audio visual stuff, so I needed to make sure that I had my camera. Uh, I needed to make sure that I had 
everything. I was expected to take video, okay, of the meetup, um, which I never did, which is one of my biggest disappointments. Uh, I was kind of half expecting to take have time to take some video of the um, of the line. So I had my camera, I had my new microphone, I had, all, I had to get it all together. I was hoping that we'd have time for a live podcast. Um, so I, got, I had to find my my, my little podcast um, recorder, you know, sort of thing we've used before. Mm-hmm. And I also needed to find all the stuff that I wanted to give away. So I had a load of T-shirts up in a top cupboard that I wanted to work sort through and decide if I was going to take them all or some or whatever. I had to find a load of posters and a load of you know, bits and pieces. And that just took forever. And nothing was in where the place expected to be. I still didn't bring half of what I wanted to give away to, to fellow coilers. Uh, it took me forever to find the T-shirts and sort through them. It took, I, I, it took me about half an hour to find my microphone. But the only thing that was in the right place was, um, was my camera. I'd already written myself a list. I was generally worried I was going to forget something. And then I realised it could take me about 45 minutes to get into London and meet you guys. And I wanted to be set up for one o'clock and it just wasn't happening. Everything was going wrong. So an absolute panic because I didn't want to forget stuff and I didn't want to leave it, you know, leave anything behind, blah, 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 blah. But I could not find half the posters I wanted to give away. Um, And I still haven't found them. To be fair, I've not looked since, but I thought a pretty good idea that they're back of a cupboard. So obviously we, we... there was quite a few posters I managed to give away, but there wasn't as, half as many as I wanted. There were some others around. Um, there's also other bits and pieces. Like, for example, I had some Broken Crown Halo uh, records, okay? Um, signed records. I also oh, have, yeah. you know the book, the Broken Crown Halo book? Yeah, yeah. I had two spare ones of those, both signed. <clears throat> I was going to give away, you know, like £30 worth. I still have them. Someone... Give them away, yeah. Give them a good home, and I really wanted to 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 give these because I think they're really really nice items. I couldn't find them. I found them when I sorted out my TV. Actually, that's that's the lead into the TV story. They were around the back there, but there you go. So it got to twelve o'clock, and I knew I needed to leave. So I, I remember distinctly, I'm kind of getting everything by the door, and then I was driving, and because I was in such a panic, I got halfway to London. And this is no lie to you. I think I'm going mad, guys. <laughs> I couldn't remember whether I'd put everything in my boot. I was in such a panic at this point. I thought I might have left my house, run to the car, which is in my drive, got in the car, and driven away. That's how... With it all on the drive. We've all, we, no, we've all in my, yeah. in my <clears throat> hallway, in my house, just sitting there waiting yeah, to yeah. go. I was like, oh, my God. And by then, I was on, like, the A40, going into London. There's nowhere to pull over. Cars everywhere, and I'm getting out. And I, I was like playing out the different scenarios. I'm here going, if I get there and I don't have any of this shit, I'm gonna have to turn around and go home again because it will be all the stuff I need. Okay. Um. So when I got pretty much three quarters of the way there, and I was listening to um, I listened to Unleashed Memories at the time actually, and I got I pulled over, and it was absolute fear going through my mind at this point. When I opened that boot, and everything was there, I was like, "Thank fuck for that!" <coughs> it was it was such a sense of relief, and I still can't remember actually transferring any of the stuff to the car, even though I knew I'd done it. I was like, "Oh, this is awful! It's absolutely awful." Uh, so, 
drove up to the venue as you you know uh you guys were there waiting for me thank god um and it was a boat a boat a bootload of stuff sorry a trunk load of stuff whatever you want to call it and then i had to go and park the car so you guys started to sort stuff out and i had to go park the car in the place i got designated for it which was back at camden so i had to do the long walk um i actually ended up getting on a train back because it was much much quicker there's only one stop but it was a long way so i mean by now you guys um i probably don't know it was right into camden town in the car park there so i had to do that and that was probably what another half an hour i suppose so it's yeah, probably yeah. about half past one by the time i got there so yeah uh, but that was kind of leading to it was just a nightmare so i was feeling quite chilled by the time i got back to the place because everything had come together at that point and then we had the meetup which was one of the best afternoons i think i've had in a very long time and certainly as i said in that facebook post during the week uh, you know a, a contribution to one of the best days i've ever had in terms of lacuna core fan running empty spiral you know yeah i mean russ how about you you, you Tell us your experiences when you when you got there and started setting up yeah. and meeting everybody. I mean, it was it was cool because obviously we sort of got there, um, started setting up a couple of things for the for the meet up on the table for guys to just sort of come in and collect, like you mentioned, the t shirts, the posters that you brought, and obviously we set up some um, some notes and some one nineteen posts for some people to write a a short message to the band that we were sort of you know going to issue to them at some point, which I believe you know you've got at the moment and yep. the, the feedback on that was just great because you know everyone was forthcoming everyone wanted to write something to the guys and to see so many people from like so many different places i mean i think we had a guy from australia we had south america we had sort of you know the vast majority of europe italy various parts of the uk and it was just all these different you know cultures and nationalities all coming together to one pacific place just for the sheer love of looking at all. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, you did a, you both did a good job. I know, Russ, you spent a lot of time in the afternoon going through that. So so what we did there was the, I printed off, oh, God, it must have been about 300. That's um, a lot. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite paper. It was slightly, it's like GSM 120. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 five pound a pack um so i picked up a load of those because i was kind of in my head i wanted people to be able to kind of hold them up or you know they're a bit sturdier for those we didn't um get people to write on people could just grab them and maybe hold them up during the show or you know whatever so i made them slightly f firmer than a regular paper and the plan was to as you say get people to to write their thoughts little message check them all together um and then put them into something for the for the band which is i still need to do i've got them all together right now i was looking at going for a printing place and getting them put into a kind of a booklet or a ring binder or something you know so that they could all sort of keep them as a, a memento but as you say we've got loads i mean i think I, not everybody there did it but most did and we had over 70 bits of card with personal messages written all over them which i thought was amazing um so that was a really nice thing because everybody kind of got involved in that and it, it gave gave people something to do i suppose you know something to reflect on mm. uh and then obviously the, the all the t-shirts which went it was quite nice having people go well we could just have these <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did get asked several times how much for this 
Yes, you know? indeed. And people kept wanting to buy your poster flag, which was the only item that people couldn't take. Yeah. But ironically, I think that's what I had the most offers for. It's like, could I purchase this flag? I don't I'm even like, know. No, it's part of the table. I don't even know where I got that. I'm, I'm sure you guys must have one because it was years ago they came out. I think they were part of. Was it? I think they went. They were through their merch. Or was it a show? I can't remember where it was, but I think it came out. I think it was just about the Shallow Life. Yeah, it was like Backstreet. It was some of the Backstreet merch did, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite a nice. I, I originally brought it along because I was going to stick it in the back of my car and say, there you go, look, in a cool car. Um, but I figured, um, what the hell, we put it on a table because it kind of creates a bit of, uh, you know, this is clearly part of what we're at. Um, and yeah, there was quite a few people asked me, but it was really nice. Like, yeah, just grab it. You know, I did not want to take anything back home with me because my car's parked a mile and a half away. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to bring my car back to, to Kentish town to pick up all of this stuff. Um, and I knew it was going to be inconvenient to do so later on in the evening. So I thought, no, just, 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 I want to take what amounted to a boot's worth of stuff. And if I can get it down to a couple of carry bags then I'm happy, that's pretty much what happened. So, and everybody seemed to be really happy about it, which is great. Um, so, Mike, did you enjoy yourself for the the greet, the meet and greet? Well, meet and greet, you know what I mean, the the meet up. No, it's a bit awful, really, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. I think that I think what is strange as well, in a very good way, is that you talk to fans all over Europe and further afield, <laughs> and most of them were there, and that's what's strange in a in a very good way that it's one of those occasions that it brings everyone together um and they may not necessarily all be in the same place for a very long time ever again so that was good to walk around and speak to people that i've, I've spoken to for a while or other people have not met before and, and meet so many people so that was a, a very good part of the meetup i thought yeah i that was the bit that for me i found the, the most I don't know if humbling's the right word, but it was the thing I found the most emotional. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm not saying this is a one-off event. I hope it isn't a one-off event. But when mm -hmm. you look at the amount of money that everybody, individually, etc., collectively, had spent to get to London for this day. Yeah, yeah. The amount of effort that people put into coming from, as you say, Russ and Mike, all over the world... Um, I don't think it was ever going to happen again. And there were people that have been friends, whether it was through Empty Spiral since 2003 or whether it was subsequently met through Facebook since 2010, 11, via the Gillian's community or, or whatever method it was that people came, that knew each other virtually, as it were. Um, this was the day that many of them got to meet each other for the first time. And, and I got to meet many people for the first time. I mean, you guys did as well. And that, that to me was just absolutely amazing. And it was, there were so many friends in that room, in that pub, in the Bull and Gate for that afternoon. And, and as I said to a couple of people, you're surrounded by friends, some of which you don't know yet. And that's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, it was just an amazing experience to me. It was, it was humbling. It was a, a little embarrassing in some respects. Just having all these people never, ever had the chance or never had one single thing that drew them together. You know, like I'm sure all these, mm. everybody, myself included, would love to meet everybody else, right? That we, we speak to online or whatever. But it needed something, some catalyst. And of course, it was this show. And it was, for me, it was just fortunate that um, 
managed to find a location right right by so it wasn't too convenient inconvenient i should say there was a lot of people concerned that i want to be on the barrier and i don't want to be too far away and i've got vip so and in a lot of other venues it would have been really hard to make this happen because there isn't something right so close by that you can almost literally just go next door and you're at the at the venue but this just seemed to work so there were people that were in the queue when i was there but left the queue to come to the pub and when we saw the show they were on the barrier still so they'd obviously managed to work their way to a place where they actually wanted to be for the show and have the time to go and you know see see the um or go to the the, the meetup and it was just amazing that was what i found the most emotional that this may never happen um, again. And it was just lovely walking around and taking pictures of people smiling and seeing, you know, and posing and hugging each other and chatting and just felt real to me. Felt real. It felt like a, the culmination of 15 years of running a website in, in many respects. Because that's what it's all about for me is bringing people together. And I kind of finally managed to do it on, on that kind of scale. I mean, it wasn't thousands or even hundreds, but it was over 100 people that met for the first time. They all met you know again came together how did it feel for you mike you know generally being there in that afternoon um it's it's a bit hard to describe really it's as you say it's an emotional feeling but a very very happy one with with the occasion and it's it was just a very very good day and it's one that i will uh sorely miss and hopefully there'll be a 25th anniversary um and something similar, perhaps, but mm. uh, it was it was very hard to describe, really, unless you were actually there. I would say it's probably the best description, Quite especially for the meetup. Yeah, where are you, Russ? Yeah, I mean you've both pretty much covered it, to be honest. I mean, you know, there were so many people there. I suppose in hindsight, the only thing I wish you know would have been able to perhaps spend a bit more time with each person individually and get to sort of know them a bit better. But you know, I think for the day that it was and the amount of people there, you know, it was a it was an amazing experience. So you know, it was truly a one-off. And, yeah, um, yeah. As Mike says, twenty long live the twenty-fifth. And, and as I said at the beginning, I had plans for videos and. Um plans for podcasts in the pub. Um, but I never really got the time. There was so much going on all the time. So, I mean, it's, you know, so many opportunities to chat with people and say hello and and obviously facilitate people at the table. But there wasn't really the time to sit down other than have a, a, a quick bite to eat um, and record a podcast. We, we'd have needed all day, I feel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah even... Yeah. What we then got by about four or five o'clock, because the people that got there early had kind of maybe gone to the queue, or there was still some people there. But then we had the people that maybe part, weren't part of the meetup, but clearly the Bull and Gate being the closest pub to the venue, we had a few people coming on for the show, and then there was a few other people kind of came over. So there was always a new people to speak to throughout the course of the afternoon, new introductions to make and more photos to take so never got the chance to record the podcast which i'm kind of regretful of but at the same time i suspect it had been quite messy <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah so that went through to i'm guessing about five o'clock and time just flew from half yeah, one to half five at four hours in a pub and it just it disappeared completely um we'd got most of the hashtag 119 Things sorted out by then. They were obviously in a, in a folder. Met so many wonderful people. Um, still humbled by the whole experience. We um, handed out all the posters. 
And Teague joined us out by that point, and he was handing out posters to people in the line. Um, we done all the wrist bracelets, which we probably did a bit prematurely because I think that some of them are kind of, you know, they'd, they'd glowed their last by the time they actually got to yeah. the show. <laughs> but we managed to give away hundreds of wrist bracelets and um, and more 119 cards for people to to hold on to or to hold up or whatever. So it was done. And then you went to the VIP. Yeah. yeah. So um, I never got managed to get VIP tickets, something that I'm still... Quite dis- well, actually, yeah, I am disappointed about it. I've got a chance to, to miss out getting all the cool merch um, and being part of another experience as part of the day. So I, um, I, I've, as I recall, the VRTP tickets came out on the Thursday or the Friday and I was working. I had a really bad day at work. By the time I got home, they'd all gone. They went really quickly. Yeah, um, they, they went very quickly. I, I was in America when they came out and I could originally only get a balcony um, ticket um, for it. So... It, it all panned out pretty well, though. So, how did it go? Um, as a VIP, there were some people disappointed, I think, mainly because it was so busy. But for me, that's a good thing, because obviously they sold roughly 100 VIP tickets. Now, in the past, when I've done, I think they've done two previously before that I've been to. So, usually it's between probably 40, maybe 50 tops. So double that, it, it was a lot of people. So the band came down from upstairs. There was the uh, the film crew that were filming that as it happened and people walking in. Um, we were told before by Gus, the tour manager, don't spend too long talking to them whilst they're signing stuff. So we've got cameras so we can take a picture of you with the band. Um, but that, that didn't happen in the end because the queue was that long, um, and the, 100 people is a lot to get through, isn't it? it really yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And it ran late as well, so they were limited with the time, which it said anyway in the disclaimer when you bought it. Um, but they signed signed anything and your stuff. So you got a poster, um, a VIP laminate, which was cool, um, like a, a big version of the ticket, which um, in a, in, and that came in a tote bag as well. Cool. And um, artwork drawn by um, Mackie. So you got quite a f- fair amount of stuff in the little bag that was given to you when you arrived. Um, but as I say, the queue was very, very busy and people giving presents like they always do. So that that was quite, um, quite a long thing that was going on. Um, and in the end, rather than photos individually, they just took one big group photo, mm-hmm. which... I think worked very well for the t- the time that we had with them. Um, there was just a few people disappointed, disappointed. that, yeah. yeah, yeah. But as I pointed out to them, we were clearly told, don't spend a lot of time talking, which naturally when you meet people possibly for the first time um, as your idols in a VIP, you are going to just have a quick chat. Yeah. You're not going to just shake the hand and disappear. So, Yeah, um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's, they yeah, probably yeah. could have got individual photos in, but it would have felt more like a kind of a a, yeah. a line of you know process, like you know snap, snap, click, click gone, snap, yeah, click, yeah, gone, yeah. snap, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it wouldn't have um, been satisfying in other ways. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where maybe would have needed probably another forty-five minutes or an hour to. Oh, easily, easily, definitely. Yeah, and you can't fault them for that because even I think it ran late starting because they'd actually rehearse a show again before the actual vip so 
hats off to them to do like a full set and then do the VIP and then the show because that's a hell of a long day for them and I don't think anyone realises that so yeah, well, um, well, just yeah. On, on that, one of the things I said to Gus is, uh, you know, he said to me, what are you doing this day then? I said, well, we're doing a meet and greet next door in the pub. And he went, don't take, you won't see Mackie. He won't be there. Marco's not going. I mean, that's fine. I, don't, I have no expectations at all because you, yeah, yeah. you guys know that, you know, normally mid-afternoon there'll be a few people, uh, Wolfie, Marco, will send the messages, where are you? And yeah, yeah. they'll come and there'll be conversations and chats and beers, etc. Um, in wherever it actually happened to be. But of course, that didn't happen today. And um, as you say, that's because they did the full dress rehearsal of the show. Essentially, on yeah. that Friday, they played it twice. And um, I remember Christina saying on the day that the stuff that she had to do, which we'll talk about in a little while, she'd never done that before. So she'd been, mm. up, been up on the wire but never sung the song while she was up there. So that was uh, you know, something they clearly needed to get through to be confident that it would work in the evening. So it was, you know, it was quite a risk, actually. So totally understand why they needed to spend some time away. And Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, given that we complain, they typically, you know, roll up, do f- 50 minutes and then roll off again. And in effect, they were on stage singing for four hours. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, no, I totally understand the VIP. Totally understand. Yeah, and I suppose yeah. um, we've got the show itself. So I, I'll be honest with you. This is going to sound so terrible. I actually didn't want to leave the pub. I was having such a good time. Everybody it was like, "Oh, we got the show." But there was one thing. I mean, we probably take it for granted. We didn't have any support acts. Good. Like, it was like good, wasn't it? It was brilliant. It was like, oh, I haven't got. A, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of good support acts, but. Everybody a lot of bad knows ones. that when yeah, a lot of bad ones. When you're there <laughs> to see a band and you know it's going to be a special night, it really it's it's just waiting patiently. Yeah, and of course, I suppose if they had had support back support acts, they they would have had to do a bit of a reveal on the the stage a bit earlier, because obviously they'd have needed something for the support acts to mm. to um to perform on. So they would have had to do something in the stage. I don't think it was big enough to have created two sort of stage you know like some some bands will do yeah, a bit where yeah. they hide a bit with a sheet and then i think that'd have been quite given the, the complexity of what they had on the stage i think that'd have been quite difficult to do so okay that was the meet and greet i uh, say so i am jealous because you know that poster looked really cool where's just the other stuff you got and i was like oh i wanted one of those um <laughs> but um but then we got come to the main show itself so where did you end up standing guys uh, at the back, um, I, I thought visually for what was about to happen, it would have look, looked good uh-huh, from, uh-huh. from the mixing desk and the sound, sound as well. Yeah, yeah that was, was kind of my desk. that was my plan B. Um, I only found out about f- half an hour before the show that there'll be, and I actually I'm surprised at this. There was a group of us, and it was actually quite a large group. It was about eight photographers. And obviously, you had a couple of filming guys there yeah. that were allowed to stay through the so through the whole show, and that is not typical. Not typical at all. Even some no. of the bigger shows, there typically only be one, maybe two, and sometimes, a lot of the time, no photographers are allowed to stay for for any length of time. And so there was a, a bundle of us there for the first six songs they did this time. 
I think I know why. I think it's because it because it was a, a, you know, it was a show, not just a gig, as it were. It was just live performance. There was a lot of stuff happening. I think they wanted to make sure that they captured it all. So I think that's why maybe they gave gave more access to photographers. I'm just speculating on this uh, this part. I have to, I have to say. So I, I thought oh, I'll take some photos because it's almost an expectation that I, I will have photos up on Facebook and up on the site, etc. Um, and kind of got past the. I, I lost track of the songs, if I'm honest. So I didn't know when to leave. But I, I had a pass. You had to have a special pass. So they gave me a pass that allowed me to stay throughout the whole show. Um, and I thought it was a really hard decision as to whether to stay to take photos. It genuinely was because you can't really enjoy the show when you're taking photos. It's really hard to, because you're either doing one or the other. You can't really do both um, because you, you've got to look at the show through the lens of a camera, right? You've got to invest your time being where do I need to be? Do I need more shots of, you know, Diego, or Marco, or Andrea, or Christina? Am I going to try to get a shot of Ryan right at the back there? Uh, you know, and this is, and on, on top of this is also do I take more shots, less shots of the artists, the actors, the performers, the you know the acrobats, etc. Trying to get that right, it's just, that, that takes up a lot of your attention. Um, but I made the decision that I was going to stay to do it because it was so spectacular, and I was hoping I could get some really cool shots. Am I glad I did that? Still not sure because um, I don't think I got a chance to sort of. Just enjoy it. I remember when we had the Southampton show on the last tour. You know, we were yeah, front yeah. and centre at the middle. Best yeah. show for me because I just got to mm-hmm. stand there and be a fan and and watch the Kunikor play and sing my heart out. And, you know, that was an amazing show for me. Um, yeah, it was good. But, okay, so you guys were at the back. It was really cool, actually, being in the pit, looking back and seeing so many people I knew front and centre. Uh-huh. Oh, you know, that... that Front row along the rail, which is a field of people whose names I knew, and I took. I, I don't do this very often, but I think that it'll be quite cool to have a load of pictures with these people. So, you know, I took a load of pictures of the people on there, where it was a uh, you know, Monica or whether it was uh, Anthony or you know whoever it might be. At both ends, uh, Veronica was at one end, and and um, who else is at the other? Anthony and the, and Gillian were at the other end. And there's people in the middle, and it was just great. You know, the whole kind of thing. There's lots of black and white photos because it was really blue. The, the light, because this was before the show, I didn't take, use a flash for some of them. So it was really, really blue light. So people tried, made it black and white because it looks okay. Um, and then the, the curtain comes up. And we get the intro. Uh, and then we get a current obsession. Not a bad start, was it? Um... I was blown away by that, actually. I still am. Still get very emotional just thinking about it. Um, I was... I kind of didn't believe it, because obviously Marco had reworked it a little bit. Um, we got the we got the intro, and uh, so I'm ready for them to come on, and I knew they were going to come on to something. And I was kind of expecting something like House of Shame, even though it's just sort of you know, a career show. In my head, I was expecting them to start off with something new from Delirium. Mm. Uh, whether it was, uh, I don't know, whatever it was, but something big and bombastic. And then they they come open and open up with a current obsession. I was, I was kind of a bit of in awe at that point. Um, honestly, didn't know what to think. 
uh, what did you think of them opening up with that? Stunned silence, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we all were, actually. It's just like... No, I mean, I, I was shocked that they played it as the opening song. I mean, I didn't want to know too much about the show. I mean, I got a spoiler the day before, so I knew it was in the set. But the fact that they opened with it, I think, just for people that have been fans of that band, you know, from that era... Um, or that have you know got into them you know in latter days, but haven't seen the old songs. I mean, even for me, I mean, I've never seen that song live. I don't think you have, no. other than sound check. And yeah. obviously, it was amazing for me. But it must have been so cool for you for having known you for so long, and that's your favourite song, and you've yeah. never seen it, you know, properly played live. And then to play it not only at the 20th anniversary show, but to open with it is just like jaw drop. Okay, yeah, was... where do we go from here? And it just went on and on and on. And it was literally, I mean, we'll come on to it in a minute, the perfect set list. Yeah, yeah, it was just incredible. And the set list, as you say, we'll talk about in a bit because I'm sure we'll, if we go through systematically every single song, we'll be here forever um, because it's not a short set list. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, I mean, it, it was, I, I still can't really fully articulate just how impactful that was. Because I, I, I knew it was going to be on there. I think when I got to the venue early on in the day, or maybe it was... No, it was the previous day, actually. I'm losing track of the days. When I met you guys there at the venue the previous day, and we had a coffee, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, we walked in, and they were still doing sound checks and stuff. This is on the Thursday. And obviously, Serena was there, etc. And uh, it was cold outside, and he said, let's go for a coffee. And I went and said hello to... To Joe and Wolfie, and I turned out you just gone. I'm like, guys, <laughs> hello. Like, and because I, ne- you know, I've, I've been to this venue a couple of times before. I've been, I knew where the back of the venue quite well. There was lots and lots of stairs up to dressing rooms and so forth. But I had no idea where you might be for a coffee. Absolutely no idea. I started opening doors. It's like this place is a fucking maze. Um, I have no idea where to go. And I felt like a little kid lost in the woods. I kind of walked back and stood there. And Marco was there and Andy were there. And I was like, hi, guys. Hi, guys. And I was like, guys, I texted you or sending you a message. Guys, where are you? Come and find me. I don't know where you are. I felt quite lost at that point. Um, I think uh, Didi was up on the balcony and, and overlooking. I know he was taking some photos or whatever it might be. So I said hello to him. I said hello to him. Yeah, all this stuff. But when I was there, they were playing two things kind of they were spoilers for me and it's a similar thing I suspect with you Russ so I heard the, the bit of the backing track in the kind of the um, the bridge of the current obsession okay I heard that um, and it actually didn't come as a surprise as much as I was kind of you know hoping beyond hope that they would play that song they had wound me up for quite some time especially Marco um, about because he, he knows, uh, it's one of his favourite songs, as he'll quite happily say. He knows it's mine, and we talk about it quite a lot. So he was winding me up on, through various medium uh, over well, quite some time about it. So it really wasn't that much of a surprise that it was on there. It was, it was great that it was. But then they also, while I was waiting for you guys to come and rescue me from the maze of Kentish Town Forum, um, the, the pianist started playing the falling song yeah yeah and i was like okay we're gonna hear falling 
And, and I was like, okay, it's going to be a good show. So let me get this straight. Without, without knowing anything else, not now, the length of the set list or anything, I now know that they're playing the current obsession of falling. Okay, these guys are taking this seriously. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm done. I need to leave. And actually, I really wanted to... Normally, I'm quite happy to stay and watch them do stuff and maybe take video or take photos. But I actually generally wanted to leave the venue at that point. I did not want to know what was going on. Um, and so sort of fast forward 24 hours to being in the pit. Obviously, you see it a lot. If you see photographers, they take a picture of the set list that's taped on the stage so they can see what's coming up. Um, I did it, but I didn't look at it. So I had no idea of the order or all the songs that were up there. So we had a current obsession, and I'm still feeling quite emotional about it right now, actually. It was it was absolutely fantastic. I, I generally felt like I could have left after that one song and I'd have been at the happiest I've ever been at a show. Um, but of course, then they, of course they were going to play 119. It's the signature song for the show, right? So yeah, to, yeah. To, to follow it up with 119, to go straight into it. So already we've got two songs off of Unleashed Memories. I'm happy. <laughs> in 10 minutes I know it? I did say to them you can just I'll tell you what I, I said to Marco in the other years that was on WhatsApp I just said just play all of Unleashed Memories mate you know you want it and Anthony was saying the same thing to me said, get these guys to play well, get Unleashed Memories you know, I was like oh I'll try uh, so we have 119 which of course that got a really good reaction because people were expecting it and it's a great song and it's great live and, and they, I thought the, the way they, they did it was fantastic and then we got My Wings I don't remember my wings, but I think at that point I was in the middle of still reeling over 119 and and, um, and a current obsession, and then focused on taking photos because I felt like I'd been spending there, kind of standing there, not doing my job as it were. <laughs> I, I don't have that many pictures of the beginning of the show because I'm like, oh, I can't. You're on the floor. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm hearing this. I can't. I know it's just yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So I kind of had to catch up, and I was like, taking loads of photos of. Uh, <laughs> of, of that and it I don't know about you guys but My Wings is one of those songs that I like on the album but I love live I've yeah, always yeah. loved it live it was just it was at the second show they ever played I was at Hammersmith Apollo when I saw them I remember very clearly them playing it then and I'm being blown away by it it's such a great song um, it's just such a shame we've not heard it for so long but it is a, it, amazing it's just yeah great and but then we started to get a lot of the uh, a lot of the effects coming in didn't we like the the, uh, the different dancers and so forth because a current obsession kind of had the the kind of Krampus type girls yes, prancing around interpretive dancing wasn't it yes yes um, I, I can't tell you for certain when all the different things took place that's part of why I'm looking forward to the DVD we'll see later on this year. That I can get to see this fully um, because I was so focused on different aspects of the show. It was like my attention was drawn in all directions. Um, but that was great. Uh, my Wings, good inclusion for you guys, Mike? Yeah, I think so. What, what stands out for me as well for the opening three songs is that when they started A Current Obsession and came on stage, it was almost... I don't know whether it was a sign of relief off all of them when they started singing or just the excitement or whether they're actually bricking it or the <laughs> combination of all three. <laughs> that The look on their faces was just... I, I mean, when you see them and you see them a lot, 
you you get to see how they are on stage, obviously. Yep. But that felt extremely different when, as soon as it started opening, and then it's like a big sigh of relief that it's all starting and it's all going well, and it was just amazing. And my wings, as it was flowing on, was just um, a very good addition to the set list. Yeah, and I'm yeah. glad it was on there. Yeah, what about you, Russ? That, that first opening three songs. <coughs> yeah, same. I mean, those opening three songs just bowled me over. You know, current obsession into one nineteen into my wings. You know, I think we're all expecting, and we were kind of hoping some throwbacks to some old songs. But yeah, that is yeah. your first three. Jesus Christ, it was fucking great. <laughs> it was like five, one, two, three, four, five songs before we had a current song. So even after My Wings, we had End of Time, which is a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, and again, that, that works so well. And I, I, what we saw um, throughout the whole set list was the band being totally bold. and all, It was a very honest set list because it really explored all of the different types of music they play. Mm. You know, you've got a set list with I like it and House of Shame on it. I mean, how many <laughs> bands? <laughs> it's like, could you get any different in, in in terms of songs between those two? You know, there's the, the shallow life, the, the the rock aspect of it, and then you and then you've got the, the, the really heavy stuff, and then you've got the old sort of almost doomy stuff, and it's just so diverse. And then we had uh, Christina juggling fireballs with uh, Blood, Tears, Dust, which was cool. I love that song. Yeah, mm. it's a, it's, it is a great song. And she she had these all, you know, she's got her palms and she's got these sticks with flaming. Uh, it must have looked amazing from a distance. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Because close up, obviously, I could see the stalks. So you, you see, I've probably yeah. seen it on my photos. You can see these sort of like mini torches that she's got and they've but I could imagine at a distance all you saw was the flames. So it must have been amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was incredible. Um and then we had Swamped, which, you know, almost anticipated expected to could they have not played Swamped? I don't not in my head they couldn't have done. I I love the song anyway. Uh it's one of my favourites of Cobalize always has been great opening to the album. Um and right in the middle they just throw it in. Army Inside, I think, was an interesting choice. I wasn't expecting that, but I think it was worth doing. I think it's a song that we've not heard enough of. And again, I'm kind of ambivalent of that song on the album, but I think yeah, it's yeah. one of those songs that really came into its own when I when we heard it live. Mm, it was a lot better live. It was a lot more up-tempo and heavier, and I think it blended well with like the Delirium material in the way that they arranged and played it. Yep. And then Veins of Glass. I mean... Fucking veins of glass, guys! Come on, veins of glass. What the I've been hell? waiting to see that again since. Oh, when was it? 2010 was the, the last legacy? time they played the that. Legacy yeah, they had a borderline show. Veins of fucking and glass. I was like, how many times I must have hammered on play veins of glass, play veins of glass. Like, no, we're not going to do it. We we can't remember the drum part. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then right, bang, right. there it is. It's like it's my favourite off that album. Absolutely, mm. my favourite. Absolutely adore that song. Um, so, to, when any time to hear it, it's incredible to hear it as part of this set list. Yeah, and by now we've how many songs have we had? We've had well half a dozen songs by now. So we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight songs. You know, two of which already have been off of um, In a Reverie. 
It's Incredible. Just, it's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, it's like... Yeah, yeah. This is an old, old album. <laughs> old, yeah, yeah. old, old, old album. And they're playing songs off of it. And they and it's confident. And, it's, and it works. It fits in so well with everything else we've heard there. You know, they've obviously invested time to rework it. They've spent time... Um, you know, getting the right kind of uh, back back uh, soundscape, I guess you'd describe it, and the lighting, brilliant. And uh, we accelerate forward to Broken Cone Halo, and we get One Cold Day, um, which was extremely emotional. Mm. Extremely yeah. emotional. I, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. I'm not afraid to say that I that I must have got something in my eye at that point. Mm. Um, that was just an incredible, uh, incredible performance. Um, and you could see it. There was a really looking round because I was sort of standing at the side of the stage on on Didi's side, and I was looking back into the the crowd. And there was just, just there were lots of very shiny eyes at that point. I have to say, well, I'm watching Christina sing that song. And then House of Shame. I'm so glad they played House of Shame. I I think I would yeah, have been yeah. disappointed if they hadn't done. Uh huh. Even though it's off the the most recent album, and anybody who's seen the recent tour cycles will know they pretty much close on it. Uh, which is a brilliant song to close on, uh, but I—it's such a great song off Delirium. Um, I think it's the song that's going to have the most longevity on mm-hmm. that album. Uh, do it feel right for you, Russ? What do you think? A House of Shame stuck in there right after uh, One Cold Day, a bit of a change in tempo. Yeah, I mean, I like that song, and I think. It's a good song, it's a heavy song, it's up-tempo, and it seems to fit in anywhere. They can open with it, they can play it mid-set, they can play it end-of-set before encore, they can come out and open the encore, or they can close the show. So the amount of accessibility that that song gives to them, I think, is great, whereas you know, there's other big, quote-unquote, hit songs, like if you took Our Truth, I mean, they've done different things with that over the years, like they've tried to open with Our Truth, and for us, like... It didn't quite work. I think Our Truth is still a song that comes later in the set, but House of Shame, it tends to work anywhere. Mm. Mike, thoughts? Um, yeah, definitely. And I think it, that it's the shot in the arm after uh, One Cold Day that that's a very emotional song and then that closes almost that part of the show and then you've got the second segment because up till now in, in the set... Usually you, you're straying towards halfway, aren't you, of a regular show? And this is almost like, right, next part will warm me up kind of uh, yeah, territory yeah. for this. And I think it, it I, I love that. Like you say, it's going to be a, a, a long-staying uh, song on the set list. Mm. For me, it can, it can be played on every every show that they do. I think it's it's very uh, hard-hitting. I, I really love it. And then they follow it with When a Dead Man Walks. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> it's one of my favourites of all time. I love that song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it works so well, doesn't it? It's 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 one of my favourites as well, and it it's it feels it feels like a, it is a classic. It's a clinical classic song. I think it's overshadowed by other songs from that general era. You know what I describe as the pre Karma Code era of Lacuna Coil. Yeah, um, yeah, I think it's overshadowed by others, but it's still a classic song that comes into its own life. And I know they used to play it a hell of a lot 13, 14, 15 years ago, whatever it was, 15 years ago, easily. Um, but to hear it again, it was it's one of those songs that always feels very intimate, no matter how big the venue. Yeah, this is how I would yeah. describe mm-hmm. it very, very intimate. Uh, and then Tightrope. 
where the hell did that come from? I was I don't know why. I was not expecting Tyra. Maybe I just forgotten about the song, <laughs> which is a terrible thing to admit. But boom, yeah. in comes Tightrope. <laughs> I mean, it's just by then I, I'm kind of lost in this. This, this feels like a, a jaws of, on the floor. A bit of a dream to me. That yeah, yeah. You've gotten what must be about fifty minutes or so into a set, and now we're now they're playing Tightrope. And again, this is where I underestimated them. There you go. That's why my admission. I underestimated that they would put together such a diverse um, set list, for which I'm eternally sorry. Please don't give me shit over this. They probably will if they hear it. Um, (laughs) I don't know. um, Mike, tightrope, where were you at this point? Um, a, a bit, yes, cure on the floor. Uh, what interests me as well is that how this is all constructed so far, the set list, and when they sit down and do it, what potentially has been left off? Because if if stuff has been left off, crikey, it must have been very hard to, to construct this because this on the set list is uh, big thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. when I went to the Malta show in November, they'd actually... They started to rehearse it in the sound check briefly mm. for about, I don't know, 30 seconds and then stopped and smiled and moved on. Um, so I had a feeling it may have been on, but not guaranteed because when they rehearsed it in November, it was very, very brief. Um, so it was amazing to hear it live again because it's, it's been a very long time since it's been on the set list. So if you're a newer fan, it's probably one thing that you, you won't hear very often and, and that's very good to hear. Well, from the Comalized days, it was a mainstay, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tyrone was a given. Tyrone, Daylight Dancer, you know. Definitely used to open with it, didn't they, at one point? Yep, yep. Long time ago. Russ, (laughs) Tyrone. Exactly the same as what you guys have both said. You know, it's one of my favourites. It's really, really up-tempo. It blends, and the whole set list was just so well put together, and everything was just a seamless transition, and... We got all the great songs, we got all the classic songs, and Tightrope is one of those that, as you say, it might have been a staple back in the day, but I don't think it's been a regular in the set since probably 2010 onwards, so to get that back was like another massive treat. But was it as big a treat as Soul into Hades? Boom. Boom. Highlight of the night for me. Highlight of the night. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to say it's highlight of the night when when there's a set list with (laughs) obsession on it, but... (laughs) But it's a close second, I think. You know, wow. So, I mean, wow. <laughs> and it was so well done. They, it obviously, Marco spent quite a lot of time re-engineering this, right? And it, it felt so modern. Yeah, yeah. It did not feel like an old song. It felt just, I don't know. It, it felt so right. Couldn't believe it. Honestly, couldn't believe it when I. When, when they started playing that, and I, I'm not sure that anybody could. Just sort of standing there going, I mean, I think there were probably people kind of going, "What the fuck is this? Is this a new song? I've never heard of it before." You know, there are people that might maybe not quite so intimate with Lacuna Coil as some of us, but for those of us, and I'm looking when I say those of us, I'm looking at you guys and all the people in the first three rows because they were all really hardcore fans, yeah. and you can see they're like, "Oh yeah, brilliant!" Loving it, absolutely loving it, and I like the impression the band really enjoyed this one as well when they're playing it. Mm. So brilliant! I think uh, what 
unfortunately for Lacuna Coil, out of the back of this concert, we can now say, no, guys, you do have the music. You can play yeah. the old songs because you've done it. So no excuse. Get on with it. Yeah, get on with it. None of, yeah. this, none of this crap saying you haven't got any music since 2010. We know you have. You've done it all. <laughs> I mean, hats off to Marco and, and the rest of the band for that matter. I know they have spent months preparing for this, okay? And I think nobody listening to this podcast should underestimate the amount of effort it's taken for them to construct this show mm. visually musically you know the a lot of the songs that they put on the set list they have not played for a very long time and a lot of them they had to rework basically with the think you know they've got less guitars now than they have when they played these songs but different drumming techniques now they need to work it into the, the current style of their music so that they're comfortable playing it. Massive amount of effort. And it, it's something that it's very easy to take for granted. And I think I, I didn't see it come to the fore any clearer than when they played Soul into Hades. Great stuff. Great stuff. So, following that, Hyperfast. Bang. Now I'm I... on Cloud Nine. That's, like, that's <laughs> yeah. in my top three as well. So, yeah, selling the Hades in a hyper fast, you know, because I joked, I've been, it's another one of my songs, like Veins of Glass, I've been moaning, I always moan whenever I see anyone play hyper fast. Yeah. And sort of, I had an inkling that they were going to do, it's, it's usually one or the other, you'll know this, it's normally either Half-Life or Half-Life Hyperfast Half-Life, to get them yeah. both together, is yeah. like, you know, so I was going into this 20th anniversary show thinking that they were probably going to do Half-Life and certain things have been suggested. So, as soon as the opening of Hyperfast, you know, again, I'm, I wouldn't say my jaw dropped to the floor because it was still on it from the song before. So, yes, amazing. Mike, your thoughts on Hyperfast? Yeah, the same. It's, um, I don't know. I don't really know what to say. It was, it was that good. It's still all a bit of a blur, um, the show, a lot of it, because I was... It's been a week, guys, thinking... come on. <laughs> no, I can't yeah, say yeah. I'm still struggling with it. <laughs> Probably just thinking, have I actually just witnessed what I've seen? Um, because everything from start to finish, as, as we're talking now, is just absolutely incredible. It's certainly and, talking about it with you guys bring it back to me quite strongly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's re- really good. Uh, goose pimples time um, throughout the show for a lot of things. Um, well, like you, Russ, I, I thought we would have one or the other. Um, it was a good few months ago I was talking to Marco about set lists and stuff and he was asking some questions and he sort of said you know what songs will feature the album do you think and it was then that i started to get a whiff that they were taking this whole career spanning set list seriously i guess you know it wasn't just a case of what songs off the last three albums no what songs off everything and we got i got to the ep and i'm talking to myself well if you're going to look at the ep the obvious choice is you're going to need to play sensafina Okay. Yeah, but I don't consider that an EP track. All right, I consider that a a Unleashed Memories track. If I'm honest, okay, so you need yeah. to play it, but it needs to come off of, sense of off of Unleashed Memories, and that means that that leaves you with a few others. Well, um, sorry, but not going to play Stars. Okay, as much as Stars is a cool song, certainly, <laughs> and re- like you, Russ, it boils down to one of two: Half Life or Hyper Fast. And I mean, well kind of the obvious choice is Half-Life. But actually, I think it'll be more rewarding to hear Hyperfast. That's pretty much what I said. 
So when mm. Hyperfast opens, I was like, yes, awesome. Because I'm not sure I'd heard that live before. I've heard Half-Life a couple of times. Don't get me wrong, I love Half-Life live. That yeah. bit where it stops and then picks up with a reprise at the end. Love it when they do that live in, in Half-Life. But Hyperfast? Mm, can't remember if I've heard it. I don't have a memory for set lists, but to hear it was incredible. And then we get I Like It, which was a bold and different choice because, uh, you know, we, we're now into the into the realms of shallow life and some of the really po- almost popular elements of Lacuna Coil, which hasn't been as popular with a lot of people over the years. But I, I, it, this was when Christina came on and she had the, the kind of little hat and she's really enjoying herself and dancing around the stage and surrounded by all the dancers with the, the, um, the flames and everything. And it, it, it was really entertaining. And I actually, I mean, that's still my favorite Lacuna Core video. I don't care what anybody says. I think it's yeah. hilarious. Um, so it, it felt like the fun side of Lacuna Core coming out here. And I, I've yeah. got a lot of time for, for I Like It. What about you guys? What did you think of it? I think yeah. it worked very well. Sorry. Like on. Uh, I was just saying, it, I, think it, I think it works very well on the set list. It got everyone pumped up and different chapter in, in in the evening and, and I like it definitely mm. someone I mean, had to I, say it Go on, yeah. I, th- I think what sold that song live in that setting was the whole theatrical performance like you say with Christina with the hat the outfit the dancers and obviously they made it a bit more up tempo a little bit heavier but still you know playful to the album version and I think it was it was the performance that sold the song and I think it worked really, really well, which is surprising considering, like we mentioned, all the older songs plus heavy stuff like, you know, House of Shame. Would you expect to see those two together? Nope. nope. But it worked. It did work, yeah. Everything just seemed to come together, didn't it? Uh, Heaven's a Lie. I mean, we've t- how many hours have we spent talking about Heaven's a Lie? I'm not even sure there's much more for us to say other than, of course, Heaven, Heaven's a Lie was going to be on there. As much as they must have played that thousands of times by now, a 20th anniversary celebration of Lacuna Core's music. It had to be there, right? It had to be. Yeah, cool. According to Setlist FM or whatever it is, it's the most played song by Lacuna Core live, unsurprisingly. I think it's probably only a handful of tours, maybe even less than a handful, where it's not been on the setlist. I can remember a tour where it was on the setlist. And although it's not my favourite song, I, I like Heaven's a Lie a lot. It's great to hear live. It's always a crowd pleaser. Um, it's, there's something about a Lacuna Core show that doesn't feel quite complete if it doesn't have Heaven's a Lie on it. <laughs> you always go, did I just miss something? I'm sure I missed something. Okay, to Heaven's a Lie. Sensafino, again, had to be on there. Mm. Had to, had to, had to be on there. I'm so glad they chose to uh, play an Italian song. Um and I love all the songs they play, whether it's you know, completely Italian or part Italian. Uh, obviously, we had a bit of um, Coma Lies later, which, spoiler alert, uh, but to have Sensafina on there was amazing. And then the closer, I always say the closer dance. <laughs> I see closer now, it's the closer dance. Um, and then closer, which again is back to that, that fun, fun side of them. It actually reminds me, I'm surprised we didn't see more, and I am excluding it, um, enjoy the silence in this, I'm surprised we didn't see more off of Karma Code. Yeah, Fragile. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, Fragments of Faith, yeah. something like that. I think it's the three. Fragile, To the Edge, and Fragments. Yeah, To the Edge, I think, is one that they could have easily put in there because that was one that we always saw a hell of a lot of, and it? that's always a good song live. You know, really, really yeah. upbeat. Uh, but that's not a complaint. Not a complaint. It's lovely to see Closer on there, and it really... I think at this point we kind of got the party atmosphere. It's coming out mm-hmm. again, we're enjoying ourselves, and... But I don't think they could have played anything. I'd have been happy. I was like, my cup was full of happiness at this point. But closer on there was great. And you looking around, you can see people really, really getting into it because it's it's a real rocking song actually, especially when they give it that life kind of kick. It's great. And I spoiled it, but then we have Comalize. Comalize, what? Where did what? that come from? I mean, I was surprised by Soul into Hades, but Comalize, I was. Wow, I felt that I was witnessing something very, you know, very unique at that point. I'd be very surprised if they play that song again live anytime soon, mm. outside of a celebration show. Very surprised, and yeah. um, it's lovely to hear it. So lovely to hear it, and Christina, well, they, they did a fantastic job on it. And then this kind of brings us to what I consider to be the end of the the, the main set list. We had our truth. Which we knew was going to be on there, right, guys? Yeah, mm-hmm. always. And we knew it was going to be around this stage. Um, my suspicions was it was going to be leading into the encore because I didn't think it would be the last song they would play. Because um, I think that our song vibe has definitely been su- uh, surpassed by Nothing Stands In Our Way. That's definitely this, this kind of where, if, you, if you're just looking at the title on it, that's how I see Lacuna Core now in their minds, so, you know. We've got we've had a lot of crap to do with over the years. You know, people coming, people going, um, various different levels of attention from the media, but we fear nothing, kind of thing. Um, pleased with the inclusion of our truth, Russ. I was, and I was even more pleased when they paid homage to the video and they made it snow inside the venue. Yes, how good was that? That was awesome. I didn't get involved in that bit. I was, it was behind me. I, I wasn't quite sure if it was snow or ticker tape. When I looked over my shoulder and saw it all coming down, but later on I realised that no one was covered in ticker tape, so it must have been foam or something. Yeah, dry snow, dry ice, what do they call it? At least it wasn't fucking balloons, that's all I like to say. <laughs> Very liquid. Yeah, <laughs> balloons would have made it perhaps a bit hard to film. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I've st- still got quite a few videos of, of the balloons coming down, they are truth. And uh, let's, put, let's just say we put a lot of wind into that, a lot of areas of ourselves. You know? <laughs> Like when you're walking around the venue before the show, uh, guys, we've got a job for you. What? Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> Blow three hundred balloons up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely great song. Uh, a chance for Ryan, obviously, to be brought to the fore. One day he needs to be on a moving set, a drum set, so he can like mm. be wheeled forward or something for his bit. Uh, and then it, then we got the really big theatrical kind of numbers where we got the kind of the piano part that started off with, with that. Obviously, we only saw the front part of the stage. Everything else was hidden. We had Christina come on. We had the the dancers or the kind of the the dark circus kind of thing around her, and it became very theatrical. Which I think is going to some people who don't know Lacuna Coil probably go. Well, that was a bit self-indulgent. But I thought it was absolutely incredible. I thought it was amazing. I loved it. Maybe I'm biased. Oh, hell, of course I'm biased. But seeing that 
take place, the, the attention to detail in the way that it was acted out. Um, and then she, the, the, she, you know, he's lifted up. You've got the lights coming down. I love the fact that I had that they had a live pianist as well. And that really gives mm. it a sense of intimacy and confidence. You know, the, it was it was just a very pure um, songs. So I wasn't expecting to do Wide Awake straight after Falling either. So you had Falling, which was all right. I'll call it out. That was the best version of Falling I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't mean looking at it. I mean because of the the uh, the pianist. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on it, Russ? Yeah, Falling. I've seen that song quite a few times. I've seen it, you know, intimately with different guitar players, and you know, nothing to take anything away from the guitar arrangement, but. There's an there's an eeriness so that piano adds to the way that Christina sings that song, especially with the emotion of the lyrics. And I think what we got there was the definitive live version of that song. And yeah. what more fitting than the 20th anniversary show? Mike, thoughts? Yeah, definitely a wow, wow, wow moment. Um, there were a few people stood in front of me looking at each other, going wow when <laughs> when it was on, uh, and it, the whole thing was um, just stunning. Um, and as you say, it's probably the best version you'll ever hear. I don't think if they ever did it again, it could um, have the same punch as it were with it. It was it was very good to hear live. And by the time they got through, or Christina got through, the most part got through wide awake. I'm not sure there were many dry eyes in the house actually. No, there was no, a not lot at all. of emotion around me. I'm just looking back on it now, looking over my shoulder, I was standing to the side. I just didn't want to get in the way of people. It was, I was very conscious that I could... My camera's not a loud camera, but when I was taking photos of that, I could hear each click. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> click, 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 click. Okay, I, I wanted to get some pictures, and I'm very pleased with what came out, as you know, you guys have seen them, especially when she's up in the air, etc. But I kind of got out of the way. I'm just feeling very respectful of the performance and the audience and, and just kind of absorbing it from the side of the stage. And um, yeah, it was a very, it was a very, it was a unique moment, I think, uh, in Lacuna Core shows. And just looking back and seeing how people were reacting to it was rewarding in itself. And yeah, for both songs, really, Wide Awake equally as much as Falling. And we didn't really, this led into an encore, right? But we didn't have the We Want More kind of stuff. It was, mm. which surprised me a little bit. Actually, in hindsight, it doesn't bother me at all. So we had an interesting... We had the intro coming back, and then we had I Forgive, which I was surprised about. Russ, what did you think of I Forgive when we come back in on that? After the yeah, piano I, I, was, I was shocked that was in the set, let alone that they came back and opened with it. And my running joke was like, with that and I like it, ah, oh, so you finally played the two singles live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the the songs that are supposed to sell the records. But um, yeah, I thought it worked really, really well. I mean, I always thought that was a very, very strange choice of single for Broken Crown Halo. Um, and I don't necessarily think it's one of their strongest songs, but I thought the live arrangement of it, again, it was a bit more up-tempo, it was heavier. And it, again, it just works so well in the setting of the evening and the set. And, it, you know, it was another highlight for me because it's another song that you wouldn't ordinarily hear. Yeah. I agreed. What about you, Mike? How did you think about I Forgive? Coming yeah, it's same. It, it worked very well. It's And it goes strays away from the norm of what you'd usually hear in, in the latter part of the show with, like, zombies um, 
is a, a mainstay at the moment and other songs I think that for for the evening it, it it worked very well and it's nice to hear it live. Yeah, it, it was good. Again, it's I'm I'm with you guys. It's not I always thought it was a, bit of a strange single. Um, yeah, but it was good to hear live. Uh, it was bold. It was interesting. They, they they were clearly enjoying it. I think the by then the the stress of the build up to doing this show had gone, and they were just in entertaining mode. You know, by now they'd been playing for over two hours, um, and they were seem seemingly seem to be enjoying it. There'd been a number of costume changes. We'll talk about the costumes in a bit, um, but it was it, it was they were obviously having fun by this stage, and I think they came across in the song. Then we have the, for me, the only miss in the set list, I think. Mm, yeah, I'll give you that. It's the only miss is Enjoy the Silence. Okay. Um, now, we've talked to this to death, this. I'm sure <laughs> we have. <laughs> I like this song. I like the Lacuna Core version of this song. It's as good as the Depeche Mode version of this song, and I'm a Depeche Mode fan. Okay. Happily call that out. Happily take shit for it off people on the internet. Don't care. I like this song. I recognise that this song is a crowd pleaser. It's a crowd pleaser for people that don't know Lacuna Cole. Okay, it didn't need to be on this set. It just didn't. They're playing over two hours. They don't need a cover version. They don't need a sing along. People are there for Lacuna Cole music. By now, people have got a hell of a lot of Lacuna Cole music. Put in one of the other songs that we've mentioned. You don't need Enjoy the Silence. I'm just calling it out right there. Mm. I was thinking about this in more detail the other day. I was listening back to some old stuff. And you know what I would have liked? Because I was thinking, uh, if you dropped Enjoy the Silence, it should have been, like we spoke, fragile to the edge. The likely choice is it should have been fragments of faith in there. But what I think, if you'd have dropped Enjoy the Silence and put Virtual Environment in there. Yep. That would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. It would have been amazing. It would have been a bit like those shows before where they put it in. People were like, what the hell is this? But I don't think yeah. it, it, now people have had a chance to listen to it. I would have, <clears throat> I, 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 I would have much rather. And again, this is kind of being a bit hypocritical. I would have much rather um, we'd have had the Madonna cover in there than this. Hmm. Have to tell. Yeah. But even then, I mean, I think they they actually did a better job on the Madonna cover than they did on the on Enjoy the Silence in terms of as a interpretation of the music. Um, it just again, it is a miss. It doesn't take anything away from the setlist. It's more a case of something else better could have been on there. Um, and it's only the only reason I say that is because it's not a looking cool song. Yeah. I'd have been happy with Virtual Environment. I'd have been happy with Downfall. I'd have been happy with Cyber Sleep. Without I mean, a reason. Without a reason. The list goes on mm. of songs that. That, that could have gone on there. Don't get me wrong. It was fun, but it didn't feel special to me because I've seen Enjoy the Silence so many times before. But Mike, what were your th- final thoughts on Enjoy the Silence with us, uh, or did you feel that you really wanted it to be on there? No, as, as much as I love it, sometimes I feel it's been done to death, and this was one of those moments that, for all the celebratory um, things that were going on, as we, if you, if you just mentioned, you could have made this set list three hours, three and a half hours for the amount of songs that we would have wanted. And to me, as you both mentioned, it doesn't really sit very well in the the whole ambiance of what they're trying to achieve in the evening. Um, and I'd I'd have switched it for something else, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. But again, that's, that's a, it's a small miss, guys. You know, I'm yeah, looking at the yeah. set list now, and it's right at the bottom. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Just one one miss out of twenty five. It's not a bad return, yeah, is it? Yeah, and yeah. It's, and it's not like it's a rubbish song, and it's not like their version's rubbish. It's a great song. Any other concert, I'm I'm okay with this one. Wish they hadn't have done it, but never mind. It is what it is. Okay, and then we've got the final song, which I've already mentioned. Nothing stands in our way. Which is a kind of, is a, it feels like a, a signature song now, I guess. You know, it's a good closing song. I've got no complaints. I can't think of a better song to close it off with. Maybe Daylight Dancer. <gasps> That's what they should do. <laughs> Daylight Dancer instead of Enjoy the Silence. There we go. Um, thoughts, guys, on that final song? Other than the, where did the last two hours go? Because <laughs> that's what I was feeling right now. Pretty much. I have never, in all my years, let alone Lacuna Call shows or any show, known a show go that quickly. And also a show that was that long. It was like two and a bit hours, 25 songs. And it literally, by. it felt like it started and it finished. I was like, what? What just happened? Absolutely flew by. I could so not believe that I've been taking photos for that long and just standing there and watching this thing. Yeah, it just went, didn't it? Yeah. It just... It feels like time stopped, or at least, no, time didn't stop. It kind of, I got kidnapped and then brought back at the end or something. It was just just mental. The whole thing just, just, then it was done. It was over in a heartbeat. It was, that was quite a raw feeling, actually, that everything leading up to this, all the preparation that the band put in, all the things that we'd done, all the the, the whole meeting, meeting, meeting up with fellow fans, leading up to this point, and now we were seeing the closing of this show. And uh, I, I was quite stunned. I felt really quite emotional. I, I kind of t- needed some needed some me time, shall we say? I, I ended up going standing outside for a bit and just kind of cooling down and reflecting on my own. That's why I kind of disappeared. I was just sort of right. I need to. I wasn't ready to talk to anybody after that show. Does that make any sense, guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. my honest views. That's kind of a, in Matt's head for a moment. I, I just needed to go and stand outside and. I would say chill, what did I but just see? Yeah, 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 just kind of went, just kind of wow. It was a, a tumult of emotions going through me at that point after seeing all of that stuff and seeing it all come together. All right, we talked about the set list. What about the show? What about the show itself? What about the circus? How cool was that? Mike, thoughts? Very, very cool. It, it worked very well, visually from the back where I stood at the mixing desk with Russ. Um, it looks very, very, very good indeed, and I'm glad they did it. I couldn't think of anything else that they could have used as a stage setup, and this worked very well. I, I love the tent. That yeah, set, yeah, that exactly. sense of being in a circus tent, I think, really worked well. Again, I, I regret not seeing it from where you were seeing it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, oh, I'm sure we will with the DVD. I'll get a, a, a better sense of the the vibe up close. It felt like I was in a circus tent watching all this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I love the fact that there were there was flame on the stage. I mean, it wasn't quite Ramstein, let's be clear. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's good because I like my eyebrows. Um, but it was, you know, it was good. It was entertaining. There was fireworks at the end. There were performers. There was, tra- I won't say trapeze artists, but I love what you know the ribbons where they're going up and yeah. down. You had um, was it on Heaven's a Lie where they had the angel and the devil? I think that was. Yeah, was, was yeah. I think so. Yeah. It was just, and then you had the clowns coming on and looking a bit freaky, crawling weird. <laughs> um, 
the um, the 119. Did you see that at the back? Which you must have done behind Orion up on the at the back of the town. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the 119 little, the show. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Um, I, um, Ivan did that for the band. Uh-huh. It's amazing. And you had the clowns at the side with their glowing red eyes. Cool. Just the whole thing was a spectacle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's so much effort to put into it. And you could, you could tell that it they hadn't just thrown it together quickly. It was a, a long, long uh, journey to go on to, to get this all right. And it, it worked very well. I, th- I think the highlight for me in all of this, though, I'll be honest with you, is when they came on in the the old, well, not the old, but the new versions of the old priest robes. Yeah, yeah. That was great. That was generally great for me, seeing those. Because I think it was, they kind of stopped wearing them about the time that I started seeing them live. So I think it was only a couple of shows that I saw them, or they moved uh-huh. on to other things. Because um, there was a kind of gap, and then they started wearing the, the shirt and tie outfit from the Karma Code era. Yeah, I recall yeah. they wore for a while, but yeah, it was um, that was great seeing that. I think uh, I particularly like the white kind of white one that Christina had. I think that was really, worked really well. And then you had a quirky dress for the, the the kind of I don't know. It felt like a very kind of nineteenth century, almost Victorian outfit that she was wearing when she was doing things like I like it. And all the while you had the clowns and the dancers all around. That was amazing as well. So, I mean, it was. It was a bit mental. Let's be fair. It was definitely a spectacle, yeah. but it was a hell a fun one. What are your thoughts on the the whole visual aspects of it, Russ? Yeah, I think everything. I mean, we we know looking at Coral well. We know the crew. We know Lamp, Lampy, Wolfie, and you know he's a spectacular Lampy at the best of times. But that's probably the best lit show I have ever seen them play. And the fact that again, everything just came together. The production, the lighting, the sound, everything on that night just clicked and literally it just fell into place and it was perfect. And, you know, I think we made the best decision to watch it sort of from from the desk because you you could see the whole production. Like, you know, it's great to be on the barrier because you get the intimacy and you get to see the band and, you know, interact. But when you stand back and you watch them play Heaven's a Lie and you've got this angel and a devil and they're doing all this theatrics and acrobats, uh, that sort of height and all they're just basically doing is sort of you know using a rope there's no strings there's no wires it's all proper proper circus act and if they mm. do something wrong that's it they're gonna and fall on someone just, yeah, exactly yeah. and it sort of gave gave the show that sense of real and an edge and yeah it's just it's fucking great i think you used the word there that i think is absolutely perfect and that's thrill it was thrilling mm. yeah. i think that's that's a great, a single word that for me encapsulates the whole show. Thrilling, whether it was the music, whether it was the visuals, whether it was the performance, the whole thing had that excitement, that, th- that thrill about it, much like a circus does, right? And in, yeah. in that, in that regards, I think the whole thing's a triumph. I do regret, I generally do regret. If I could go back in time and do it all over again, I would take less photos, and I would have joined you back at. You know, and seen it from afar because I do feel like I missed something as a consequence of that. I can only hope that enough time, shall we say, is given on the DVD to give me a chance to see what it looked like from where you were seeing it because that's what I feel like I missed out in some respects. And watching a show of that magnitude, that quality, that thrilling through the lens of a camera, um, yes, I got the interest of being that close, um, but equally a lot of my time, a lot of my mental 
attention was focused on framing shots and being in the right place to get to to get a, to capture the whole show you know get a sense of the the artistry and and get the reaction from the audience which i took a couple of shots which i think captured those pretty well um yeah that's that's kind of my regret but mike closing thoughts for you then on um on the 119 20th anniversary show um, uh, uh, don't really know what to say. It's, it was that oh, good. come on. You can't keep using that excuse. Come on. Sort I know, now. I know. No, I think, Old I think over just, like a freight train. Yeah, yeah. As, as I mentioned before, it's one of those occasions that I've, I was very happy that I was there. Obviously, I, I would never have missed it. Um, for the whole experience of, obviously, being with you two, the whole meet-up and the lead-up to the show, um, I'm glad I did the VIP, um, even though it was chaotic. <laughs> it was it was a great experience. And then leading into the show, it's possibly, I mean, I've seen 69 shows now. Um, other people have seen more, other people have seen less, and that, that doesn't matter. It, it was the occasion of the whole thing throughout and a very proud moment to celebrate such an anniversary and uh, really proud of everyone involved and the band as a whole as well. Yeah. Good statement. Russ, closing thoughts for you on, on the 119 show. Wow. As I said, it's, it was the perfect show. I mean, I still can't get over the set list. That's the, that's the thing. I just keep looking at it. I keep going back and back and back. And I just think, wow. So, yeah, if we got some of those songs again, you won't have any complaints from me. Yeah. For me, I was going to... I was going to write some words this week on Sunday, Monday or during the week on, um, on my own review, which I was going to put on empty spiral, but I, I, I started doing it and I had to stop because it was just, I found it quite difficult to put words down. I know that sounds a bit strange, but I, I found the whole thing very, very emotional from start to finish. It was just an encapsulation of 15 years, 16 years now of, of knowing this band. Um, of loving their music, as knowing them as people, knowing the effort and work they put into the, the job they do, um, knowing that intimate relationship they have with their fans. You know, they, they're so appreciative of everything they get from their fans and, and they just seem to give it back all the time, whether it's a, by you know, being open and available as in as many ways as they can or, or just the, the quality of the performances they put on. Um, also recognising that over the course of the 15, 16 years, they've created such diverse music that um it's been very very bold um very courageous i think is the right word to create such diversity to follow their hearts to do what they want to do um when they want to do it to, to create the style of music is relevant to them at that point in time irrespective of how popular or unpopular it will be and we can see that you just look at the different albums they brought out all different some of them building each other some of them are departures they've changed their styles and this was like an encapsulation of all of that in one sweeping um majestic show and it was an absolute privilege to be there for it absolute privilege to to see so many friends old and new in one place to see these these people um, you know, sing and play their hearts out. Um, very, very humbling, absolutely thrilling, and um, a one a lifetime, a once in a lifetime experience for me. And I'm so, so glad that so many people spent more money than I did. I'll tell you that for nothing to <laughs> to get over here. 
to come to London and see it um, and take a chance to say hello to us as well, which was, again, a, a grand privilege that people would come and say hi and share a beer or, and, and so on and so forth. So what an amazing day. For me, it was a, a perfect day uh, to celebrate the Pinnacle and, and a perfect show to do that. So, yeah, that's it. That's kind of my, my final words. I'm not going to write anything up. People can just listen to this. <laughs> and I'm still looking at a current obsession. And I must have something in my eye, guys, because I still can't quite believe it that they played that and opened with it. So, there we go. 119 day. Uh, I wonder what they're going to do for 2019. <laughs> <laughs> right, you set, you set the standard, guys. Okay, that'll be the baseline. Right, build on that, please. We're expecting to see a show in London every year from here on out. Um, two hours plus. Two hours plus. Well, they prove they can do it. Well, four hours if you take into account the dress rehearsal. <laughs> I think we've covered everything, right, guys? I think we, we've talked about the show, the meetup, the event itself. Yeah, I think we're done. There was a little after show afterwards, which was a cutting of a cake that you've seen pictures of and, and some champagne. Um, and then it was just a, a late night, a few beers. Was it Jack Daniel? I, I kind of I can't quite remember. Followed by a very late breakfast in Camden the following day. Um, but that's all. I want to say kind of secondary. I nearly said superfluous, which is clearly the wrong word. But no, the, the focus is rightly where it should be on the, the main show itself. And I, I know having spoken to, to Marco afterwards, and now he can sit back and enjoy himself and just sort of chill out a bit now after months of preparations done and it's culminated in this. So looking into the future then, there's one thing I need to do, which is get all those hashtag 119 show things print, not printed off, but bound up into a book. I'll obviously take loads of photos uh, and then get that sent to the band or given to them when I see them at some stage in the year. Um, so as a, this is what we pulled together for you. Um, and of course, then we need to wait for the book. Uh, nothing stands in our way, which you guys have ordered, pre-ordered, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got mine. Couldn't afford both. I'm a bit cash strapped at the moment. So I had to, I obviously went for the, the big one, afforded the one I could, um, but couldn't quite get both of them. So looking forward to seeing that later on. And then probably the highlight for me is going to be the DVD. So I get to relieve it all over again and hopefully see it in a slightly different way. I'm sure I will. So I don't know when that is. I've heard late in the year. Did I hear Q3? Sorry, that's a big corporate speak. Did I hear September through to December kind of time? Or was it before then? Have you heard any rumours? That's what I heard. Yeah, I've heard sort of uh, October sort of time. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we'll just have to be patient, what I can say. Anyway, guys, I think we've done this... Um, I want to say we've done it to death. It's uh, an hour and a half <laughs> at the moment of us talking. Um, we are done here today. That is our review. I don't think there's any point us giving a, a, a number, a score of the show. I think we all know what it's going to be. It was perfect day, perfect time. Let's hope it's going to be another one in the future. And uh, I, I'm looking for two and a half hours. Right. <laughs> so that brings us to a close here on the Empty Spiral podcast today. If you want to listen to all of them, you can easily do so via iTunes or the Stitcher Radio Network. Uh, obviously, you can also go to EmptySparrow.net and click on the podcast link 
and then you, they're all on there to download or stream, whatever you prefer, of course. You can get them in MP3 so you can put them wherever you want. If you want to be on the podcast, just get in contact with us via Facebook or um, via the website itself. You can send us a message on there and we'll reach out to you and we will arrange a time where we get to find out more about you as fans. Maybe you can share some of your own experience from the 119 show. We would love to hear from you. Um, I, my hope is over the next couple of podcasts we'll get to it's, it would get a reflect on someone else's experience. It'd be good for me, and I'm sure the guys would agree with me because we'll get to relive the experience all over again and again and again and again by hearing what other people feel about it. Um, otherwise, we're available on uh, Twitter. We're available on Facebook. All the links are on the front page of Empty Spiral. Uh, it's been always great catching up with you, you two. Um, we spent a long time talking about this show, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's been quite emotional. So... Uh, for me, at least, I want to say thank you again for all of your support uh, on the podcast, uh, especially last week. It was really mental. I couldn't have done it without either of you. I really generally couldn't. Fun day. Yeah, it was a fun day. Oh, good times. Uh, and it was, good times. it was made better by, by you being there. So thank you so much. And to everybody who's listened to this podcast that was there at the Coiler meetup in the um, Bull and Gate beforehand, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for coming out, for for being full of smiles, for coming to say hello. Um, I just, you have no idea how impactful that was on me, um, and I, I won't ever forget that. So thank you. So that's that's it from me, guys. Final words from you before we bring this thing to a close, Mike. Yeah, just thank you. You've you've touched upon everything. Um, it's a really good day. Thanks to you, Russ. Thanks to you, Matt, and everyone else for making it a really pr- pleasurable experience um, and one I'll never forget. Russ, final words from you. No, same. Massive shout out, obviously, to the, the band, the crew, everyone that flew in for that show. Yourself, Matt, obviously for putting a meet up together, and you know it was just—it literally, really was the best weekend. And you know, if we get another one of those in five years' time for the twentieth anniversary, what a great time it's going to be all over again. Indeed, mate. All right, well that's it. Well, from all of us, until next time, take care, everybody. Speak to you soon, and uh, listen to more Lacuna Coil. Cheers, everyone. Ciao.